Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, we've all heard a lot about vaping in the news during the last few months, and the Canadian Vaping Association is looking to uh, clear the air around the recent outbreak of lung illnesses seen in Canada and the U.S. Tina Brink is a spokesperson for the CVA. She'll be here to address the collective concern and anxiety around vaping and what the CVA is doing to try and keep vapes out of the hands of youth. We'll also have a chat with the founders of See What She Can Do. Now that's an Aurora-based, women-owned technology startup that helps women and girls find and join sports organizations in their community. Now, research shows technology can make a positive difference in the world of sports, and we're going to learn about the biggest barriers this is trying to help women and girls overcome. Speaking of entrepreneurs, success doesn't happen overnight, unfortunately, and there is a long battle uphill that you don't necessarily always learn about. Leah Vares Greenwood is the executive director of You for Change. That is a youth arts charity, and she'll be here to tell us all about the the Talk 2.0. That's an event taking place on Tuesday, November 19th in Toronto, and we'll see five of the country's most brilliant and innovative minds come together in support of You for Change for a live panel discussion about the transparency of success. Film critic Ann Brody will tell us what to watch and what to avoid at the movies this weekend. She got to sit down with the producer of Disney's Frozen 2, which hits theaters November 22nd, so we'll play that for you too. Don't forget to give us a follow at, on social media at What She Said Talk and download our free podcast wherever it is that you listen. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get a... a Meridian 5-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally! Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. We've heard a lot in the news about vaping over the last uh, few months, and joining us now is Tina Brink from the Canadian Vaping Association, who's looking to clear the air, as it were, around the recent outbreak of lung illness seen in Canada and the U.S., and address the collective concern and anxiety around vaping. So thank you for joining us, Tina. My pleasure. First of all, tell us exactly what the Canadian Vaping Association is and like who you're funded by, because I understand there's no tobacco affiliation. There is no tobacco. Canadian Vaping Association started in 2014, and that's when the original industry came out. At the time, there was tobacco was not involved in vaping. Um, now we're regulated as specialty vape shops, so there's a lot of specialty vape shops that are part of CVA, approximately 300. 
mm-hmm. across Canada and uh, its manufacturers and suppliers. Okay. So, well, let's start by talking about all the news we've heard about deaths, lung illnesses, and its root cause. So because the Centers for Disease Control says it's largely been associated with illicit black market THC products, not regulated nicotine e-liquid products. That's correct. Okay. So why are they all being lumped together? I think there's just a lot of uh, misunderstanding about the the product. And um, vaping, as per the regulations in Canada, is uh, nicotine derived liquids. There's no THC. That we're very um, limited on what we can put into our liquids based on that regulation. No coloring, no THC, no additives. And when they say vaping, they're talking about everything in the media rather than just what the actual industry is. Um, illicit THC is not part of the vaping industry. But, I mean, Juul isn't putting out THC in, no. in their vapes, but they've no. you know been forced to stop advertising, pull, changing the way they do right, business. because Juul cartridges were used to be refilled by people that were making the THC cartridges. Ah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's... I, I think it's a few different products. I think it'll come clearly to light, but it is illicit THC that was used. So how can people tell the difference and make sure they're only buying regulated vaping products? Go to a specialty shop. Go to a well-known shop. Do not buy off the street. It does exist on the street. Don't purchase it. I I wish that was a message it would get across to the parents, to the children, because you're seeing it's a lot of youth. But it's the nicotine that's addicting them, isn't it? So we're not... I mean, there's nicotine in the products. Nicotine is addictive, yes. Yes. But it's not as addictive as it originally was thought to be, right? Children are using it because they think it's cool. Nicotine or vaping? Vaping. They're vaping because they think it's cool. But isn't that why we started smoking cigarettes? Because we thought it was cool? (laughs) I thought I think it was very addictive. I wish that kids would look at it and say, that's for stinky old smokers. That's what my kids do. I mean, my kids are... It's not a product for kids. What about the... The machines, the little vape, the units, the units. Yes. Thank you. Um, that you can buy, that you can put now legal marijuana and cannabis in, that are just heating that up. I only sell products for people that are wanting to quit smoking for harm reduction, right? So what you're saying is what some of the kids are doing is they're taking the cartridges and they're they're purchasing cartridges. They're purchasing car- they're purchasing cartridges and putting them into a regular THC cartridges off the street. Yes. Okay, so somebody is selling the THC. So why then is that causing a problem if it's just THC that's in the oil that they put it's in the cartridge? It's the vitamin E acetate that's added to those car- cartridges. What does that do? It's an oil base. Vitamin so the, E acetate doesn't yes, sound they great. Use it, right. So it coats the lungs. That's okay. why you are having that problem. There is no oil whatsoever in nicotine products. The regulated nicotine products have zero oil in them. They're all water-based. Um, so Ontario Health Minister Christine Elliott was recently calling for a ban on the promotion of vaping products in convenience stores effective com- this coming January. Um, is this a... A step CBA, in the right direction? Absolutely. The CBA supports that 100%. It does. Uh, there's that publicity that you see, the posters that you see at every corner store, every gas station, it it, it draws the attention of the youth, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily buying a regulated product. Corner stores sell the tobacco products. 
So this is where there's confusion in the industry. There's the original industry, then in 2018, when the TVPA came into effect, tobacco released their units. And that's when you started seeing the mass promotion of all the products, the Jewel, the Blue, the, the Logic, um, which was counterproductive. And I think Christine Elliott saw that and she took, took action against it, right? So, but why is it counterproductive if the only thing that's causing the problem is illegal stuff right. on the street? It mm -hmm. is illegal stuff on the street, but that's caused mass hysteria. And now, and, and there's also um, s reports that youth are using more than they should, right? Mm -hmm. So all that combined has caused this knee-jerk reaction that it's just vaping, and I think it's people don't understand that there's a difference between vaping as harm reduction for smokers. And there's such a stigma on smokers. And when they choose to a harm reduction tool, that stigma shouldn't carry over, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a tobacco products that came out. And then there's the illicit. So there's a whole different items pushed in together, and it's not understood. So the vaping industry is, as per the CVA and what our members, is all about harm reduction for smokers. So what is, if I want to quit smoking, which I do, mm -hmm. um, I would go to to where? the Canadian? I would suggest you go to a specialty vape shop in Ontario. And how do you find a specialty vape shop? I always the, thought the specialty vape you, shops were to do with, 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 with weed. With, I know. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's where, I, I guess, education and information needs to be improved, right? Mm -hmm. um, in a specialty vape shop, we're regulated by the SFOA, which is Ontario, the Smoke-Free Ontario Act. We're also regulated by the TVPA. Mm -hmm. So a specialty vape shop, as per Ontario, the Smoke-Free Ontario Act, can only have vapor products for nicotine liquids. We're not allowed to carry CBD. We're not allowed to carry THC. Those are in the specialty shops for marijuana, cannabis products. Mm -hmm. That's where you would go. You could find different different shops on the CVA site. That's that's what you're trying to do. Okay, so so basically limiting the sale of e-liquid nicotine vaping products to age-restricted retail environments is, is, is your key Correct. message. Specialty shops are only adult uh, spaces, right? No minors are allowed. All right. Um, and what about, what about the changes they are making? Because as far as I can see, the ones that are... Um, smoking just for the nicotine the kids are doing it because of the flavors they like the that's, fancy flavors that's a misconception is it yes um my shop i opened in 2014 when i opened my shop in 2014 it took me three months to realize that kids were a distraction or the kids were they, they thought it was neat the vapor so i said we're going to make it adult only prior to any regulations and at that time, 2000, January 2015, I had about 35 different flavors in my shop. Since that time, with adult-only access, based on consumer demand, I now have over 150 flavors. The flavors are important for adult smokers to make the switch. We know a lot about flavors, that a, a flavor can be better than a mood enhancer in some cases. Really? Mm-hmm. And your sense of smell, you also know it's connected to your memory, right? Where is your shop? Because you're here. Tell My us shop to... is in Stony Creek. In Stony Creek. And in what's Stony it called? Creek. Quitter's Vape Shop. Quitter's Vape Shop. So that... Oh, that's well, that, that's clear. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it clear. <laughs> yeah. 
It does. Is it is it something that you can get online, or do you have to go into a shop? No, I don't sell online. Um, some places do sell online, and they ha- they have age verification, and they also send it through, I guess, through the post where you would need an adult to sign off on it. Okay. So no. your products have nicotine in them. We have liquids with n- different levels of nicotine, okay, and they go all the way down off. to zero. Perfect. Okay, and if, if people want more information about the Canadian Vaping Association, the website is canadianvapingassociation.org. Tina Brink, thank you very much uh, for joining us today and helping us uh, understand a little bit more. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was my pleasure. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand-new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it. You'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch Sundays at Draco. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Caroline Wiley and Tina Finelli. Now, they are the founders of See What She Can Do, which is an Aurora-based, women-owned technology startup that helps women and girls find and join sports organizations in their community. Welcome to What She Said. We're kind of like, what are you going to do? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Okay, so See What She Can Do is the first of its kind digital platform, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. So what was the spark that made you decide to start this? Well, the spark, uh, for me, uh, sport has been my happy place my whole life. And uh, I've been a professional in the industry and really just saw, and the other part is I've moved around throughout North America and really saw an opportunity to serve uh, active women. We traditionally have not been well served and really want to help women find their place in the world of sport. What do you mean haven't been well served? Uh, What I mean by that is oftentimes, whether it's through media coverage, uh, traditionally it's only been about 4%. It's hard for women to see themselves and be it and, and have a sense of value to what they do. Uh, so for us, it was about building that coverage and, and spreading the, the message that what they do counts. Oh, absolutely. But, but I'm, I'm kind of interested because I mean, I'm a big fan of women's tennis. Yes. And, we, and, you know, we see Bianca. Or, yeah. you know, we see all, all, all these things that there do seem to be some women coming up. Is this something new? Have I been like missing a 
There's a I growing, like definitely, well, there's there's definitely a growing interest, but the hard stats do mm-hmm. say that only 4% of media 4%. coverage, yeah, is focused around women. Now, a third of all Canadian women are active in sport, and we're seeing stats that say 85% of all sports fans want to watch women in sport. Well, women's so, tennis is just exactly, more entertaining. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. And you've got yeah. soccer, whatever it might be, right? And so our community really aims at covering women from the ground level in the neighborhoods right up to the elite level and providing them with the tools and the resources they need to kind of keep moving, be inspired, and uh, be part of something bigger. Yeah. Get in the game. Yeah. Get in it, literally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. How do you think we as communities are underserved by not having women support it? That's a really great, that's a really great question. Well, we know that when women are active, their kids are more likely to be active, and their communities are healthier. It's interesting because we did some work with MLSC. Uh, their Toronto Argos had a women's football showcase, and uh, John John's uh, perspective, John Murphy, John Murphy's perspective VP was that if you can build a love for sport with a woman, so they build this love for sport for football. Well, she's going to come to your games with her pack. And it's not just herself, right? So she's going to love the sport. She's going to come to the game. She's going to bring her pack. She has a really big influence on her her family, her community, and her kids. Mm-hmm. 71% of the children of active women participate in sports versus 29% of children of inactive women. But I wonder, um, I didn't do sports that my children liked. But, I mean, would you consider being involved in yoga or like going to to the gym or are you really talking like team activities all, all of a to z of sport and okay. and and physical activity so whether it's um uh, archery whether it's yoga so mm-hmm. the the bookends of our alphabet mm-hmm. to dance because a, a big chunk of oh, women my, my love dance, dance right <laughs> and for dance it's a very physically demanding um um, activity. And I, I remember having to fight to get the sports tax credit. That's dance. correct. Moved exactly. over to dance. Yeah. So I'm like, you don't know what my two yeah. girls do. They exactly. Believe me, they're fit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and so, interesting because when you start to do this, you start to meet some really fascinating people. Like we, you know, we've met race car, auto race car drivers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've met, um, you know, people in the equestrian field. I mean, these are all athletic sports. So however you define it, it might just be you taking a walk down the boardwalk every day because mm-hmm. you, you're recovering from surgery. Surgery, or yeah. you know, at all stages of life, it's important to be moving. So, is it women who are involved and actually are involved in the sport, or women who are supportive of their children being involved in sport? Because I'm telling you, that's a full time job. You barely oh, yeah. have time to be involved. Absolutely. In sport. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I think it's important. You know, certainly we want to be a resource to both types of women. So. Mm-hmm. We know that 80% of, of most families' decisions, financial decisions, various decisions are shaped by women. Mm-hmm. And so when they're going to uh, purchase or access services for their children, how do you access that information? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes in the world of sport, if you're not already engaged with any particular activity, it can be challenging to find good information, to make good choices, and and find the programs that best fit your child. Well, the, there's no doubt that girls who play sports do better in school, right? Yes. enjoy Most better certainly. health, yep. and yes. do better in the workplace. But why, then, is the dropout rate of girls in sports, I, I, is it that it's 
by age 14, says girls are dropping out of sport Absolutely. at twice the rate of yeah. boys. And that's yeah. a really great question. So our goal really is to break down some of those barriers. Some of the barriers we're seeing are role models. We need mm-hmm. to see women at all levels of leadership, mm-hmm. whether that's on the bench as a coach or on the ice or the court or the field as a player or whether that's, um, you know, as an official. And at the end of the day, if you can see what you can aspire to be so you can see it to be it, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be that much more successful with our kids. Absolutely. And and you see the impact. You can use the example of what the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association is doing right now. They're, they're their efforts have been to connect with the the girls so that and and create that aspirational opportunities as professionals. Okay, so tell us about. I mean, we're talking tech here. Uh, so tell us about the services that you offer on the site. Sure. Uh, so the services that we offer uh, are both for the athlete and the business. Okay. For the athlete, uh, it's an opportunity to connect with other women. It's an opportunity to tell your own stories. And it's an opportunity to rate and review, for example, the businesses that you use. Uh, if you have a business that you, you really like and you want to share that message, then you're able to do that. For the businesses, our goal is to really bring businesses directly, um, directly to the, the athlete. How do we help them be found by the athletes who are looking for the information? So our goal is to help businesses create uh personal space for their services to inform our inform us as women and 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 the the families that uh, that need the services so that's really what we're doing mm-hmm. um, so it, it's interesting you you were both successful entrepreneurs yep. um, before see what she can do so talk to us a little bit about starting a business as women generally but in the sports sense world sure. specifically. Mm-hmm. Well, Caroline and I both come from different backgrounds. Uh, Caroline from the sports and rec industry, Mm -hmm. and I come from the business and marketing side of things. And it's interesting. We were having coffee after hockey one day. That's how we met. (laughs) And Caroline shared her vision around making the sports world a more inclusive place for women, a more welcoming place. And who better to jump into that than women who love sport? Mm -hmm. So together, we, we built this great infrastructure, and the intention is to break down silos for all sports and include all types of women. Um, yeah. So what's your dream for this? Well, I think for, for us, I think our dream is really to bring communities together around the power of sport. Uh, we, we know that sport transforms lives. And if, uh, if we can help women and, and the people who support women that, who are active find the stories, find the resources, find the businesses then you know we're, we're going to have a better chance at creating a world of sport uh, that's more inclusive, it's more diverse, and it's it's more welcoming, and ultimately we'll have healthier communities. That's awesome. So and and it's free membership, and it's free. Yeah, and it's free. You can't beat free. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free. Yeah. Um, but you're also putting um sort of a call out to businesses that may want to connect we absolutely are and we invite businesses who are interested in sport interested in women and inclusion who want healthier communities to partner with us to help us bring more women in and raise the bar so that Mm -hmm. they can all feel a part of something bigger all right so how do people connect what do they do what they can do is go to see what she can do.com and there's an opportunity to sign up uh, for businesses, they can sign up as well and create their own their own uh, 
dedicated page for their business oh, as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good, yeah. good idea. Yeah. So and, that, and that's a paid service. Uh, but, but collectively, we can bring everybody to the table and really change the narrative. That's really what we want to do. Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much for coming thank in. You, and yeah, us thank you so much for having us. And, and Aurora. Go, Aurora. Yeah. <laughs> See what she can do. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. Yay! And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Success doesn't happen overnight, unfortunately, and there's a long battle uphill that you don't necessarily always learn about. Joining us now is Leah Veris Greenwood. She's the executive director of Youth for Change, which is a youth arts charity. And Leah's here to tell us about an exciting event coming up next week. Welcome. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So uh, on Tuesday, November 19th, Five of the country's most brilliant and innovative minds are coming together in support of You for Change for the second annual The Talk. It's a live panel discussion, so tell us what this year's topic is. This year's topic is called Transparency for Success, and that's really our elite artists will be talking about their journey of how they came through the struggles and uh, have landed in the successful spots that they're at today. And this really parallels the journey that our youth are going through who have come into our program and are sort of mapping out their destiny. So tell us who's going to be, be there. So we're excited to have Barry Averich. Barry has, uh, is a film producer and has agreed to join us for second year running. We have Christopher Pinnell, who is one of Toronto's lead fashion designers uh, in wedding gowns and, and uh, evening wear. And he's also been one of our instructors for 10 years at the, at the studio with our youth. We have uh, the pleasure of having uh, Amanda Paris, the most recent Governor General Award winner for... Mm-hmm. Uh, Drama Literacy Literary mm-hmm. Drama Award, and uh, Sabrina Mado, who is also a national award-winning magazine writer and editor. Wow! And it, the evening will be hosted by the esteemed Sylvia uh, Mantella, and hosted by Breakfast Television's Nicole Severzens. Wow! Wow! Yes, we're very fortunate. <laughs> So uh, in terms of what the money that's raised, last year, uh, the the first time this was held, um, you raised $77,000. So what's the goal this year? Our target this year is 100, and we're just touching it right now. So we're very impressed with the response that we've had, and we've had fantastic sponsors come forward. So um, I think this is going to be a gig that we're going to keep moving forward and evolving. We're very impressed with the response and w- 
you know, how can you go wrong with an elite panel that we've got? Absolutely. So tell people where this money goes. So the money goes to um, the Youth for Change movement, which is a charity run um, out of the West End of Toronto. And it targets arts programs initially for new immigrant kids Mm -hmm. and youth living in poverty. But those, we open the door for others as well who are particularly in need. These are kids 16 to 29 who may have difficulties in their families, may have difficulties assimilating into the school system, bullying, LGBTQ, um, learning disabilities, uh, some mental health problems, and they really need a place to belong. So they're able to join our program and we create a safe, barrier-free, inclusive environment where kids can be kids and be peer-supported and be mentored by elite artists as well. So it, it's you've been around for ten, ten years? We've right? been around for ten years. I haven't been around with them for ten years. <laughs> but the charity, charity started in uh, St. Jamestown um, in the sort of center of Toronto, targeting how to get kids involved. And these are particularly new immigrant kids. And one thing led to another. And it started as a homework group and evolved into an arts-based group because that's what the kids really wanted. And nothing brings kids together more so than music. Mm. And that's our DJ program. And you don't need to learn know how to play the piano or strum a guitar or pick up a violin. But Everybody can listen to music, and it's how you can maximize how you listen and how you participate with music. So do, the music program's pretty big, and we've even had the honor of having Prince Philip join the charity as one of the Prince's charities um, to see how the DJ program actually ran. So that was a lot of fun for the kids. And our fashion program, kids come in, they don't know how to sew a button, but by the time they finish the course, they have to do three runway pieces. Unbelievable. So where is all this mentoring going on? So it goes on in our studio, and we're located at 688 Richmond Street West, which is the uh, close to the intersection of Queen West and Bathurst. Mm-hmm. We have a lovely little studio there, and um, that's sort of the hub of activity. And so our photo class, our DJ, and our fashion design all take place there in the evenings. But kids can come in during the day and use studio time to work on whatever project they're working on. And weekends as well? Weekends, um, not so much on weekends. We share Mm -hmm. the space with another program, but um, usually on weekdays. And the kids are coming in not just from the downtown core. They come in from from Scarborough to Brampton to all the way up to Woodbridge and Markham to be able to use our program. So that's amazing. So it's it's very cool to see them come in. So who are the instructors? So our cr- instructors, we're, we're very privileged. We've got uh, Christopher Pinnell, who's actually on the panel mm-hmm. for the talk. Um, he, and he was one of the founding instructors, bringing in the fashion program, been very loyal and true. And then we have uh, Trevor Godino, who is... Uh, celebrity photographer has worked for Playboy magazine Sports Illustrated he's doing a big expose right now on the veterans of uh, Canadian vets um incredible photographer and uh, DJ Nana who is known in Toronto and circulates in a lot of the the elite uh, music centers music halls in in the area hmm so, um, so how many youth has the organization helped over the years? We've had we've had approximately four thousand youth come through the program, and of that, twenty seven hundred have actually graduated. 
But we've also been able to put through a lot of kids back into the school system, whether it's back to uh, high school or to help them fill out applications and prepare portfolios for post-secondary. And we've had kids go in to uh, figure out what their volunteer aspirations are. And we've been able to link with agencies and services to be able to do volunteer work. And where possible, we've had them uh, apprentice at various locations. And and it's very cool. We have a film company that we did some work with, and they are hoping to come back so that we can get the kids apprenticing again in film with um, guaranteed employment. That's excellent. Um, have you got a good success story or story you love? We do. Um, <laughs> I, there's, well, there's many. There's, mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's a young woman who came um, from South America and was persecuted for um, her gender identity, left her family, came to Canada, got connected with Youth for Change shortly after she had arrived, and tried to figure out how she was going to make ends meet or how she was going to stay connected with community. Well, You for Change became her community, and she was involved in the DJ program. Once she went through the DJ program, and we gave her opportunities to practice in the community and, and get gigs under her belt, she had the privilege of being able to use our equipment uh, on weekends to do her own uh, performances. One thing led to another, and she was able to earn enough money to go back to school. And she went back to school, became got her Canadian citizenship, went to school, got graduated in um, uh, some type of pharmaceutical industry, mm-hmm. and was the first person hired for the um, the marijuana uh, dispensaries. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So so we're on the edge all the time. On the edge. (laughs) So tell us more about the event. Where's it going to be? So the event is is hosted at the um, Artscape Daniels Launchpad. Thank you to Launchpad uh, Daniels for... um, Down on Queen's Key. Down on Queen's Key for uh, allowing us to have the space. They're our venue sponsor. It's... uh, Tuesday evening, doors mm-hmm. open at 6.30. We still have some tickets available, and tickets can be purchased off our website, www.u, the letter U for change, dot org, and we'd be happy to have people there. There is um, a cocktail reception with our panelists starting at 7 o'clock, and the show itself starts at 7.45 and runs until approximately 9 o'clock. Okay, now, now for people that maybe can't make it to that event, how um, do you look for volunteers? Do you look for crea- uh, creative people? To, to How does that work? We have a variety of, of looks and asks out there. We're always looking for creative people who are interested in coming in and helping with our mentorship program. We're also looking for creative businesses who are interested in having our youth come in and being apprentices mm-hmm. within, their, within the business of their choice or the art of their choice. So where do they reach out to the same people that might be listening that absolutely interested absolutely that, they can reach out they to... can reach out to me mm-hmm. initially and we will we'll set see how the fit is and what the interest is and we'll move forward from that well you've obviously grown in 10 years what's the outlook for the next 10 well we're um, we're 
one of the passions that I have is to be able to take our DJ program mobile. And so we are negotiating some grants right now to be able to take our DJ program into the communities, such as uh, the, the center of Scarborough, where mm-hmm. a lot of the Syrian kids have come mm-hmm. in and haven't been able to venture into the downtown core. So we're looking at uh, a mobile DJ program. Good awesome. for you. Yeah, good luck with everything and, and good luck with the event. Thank you very much for coming Thank in you. and telling us about it. Thank you so much. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get... A a Meridian 5-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rate subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique, affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to vistaoneinc.com, like I did. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is travel expert Candace Sampson, who's here today with fellow travel writer Catherine Dixon to talk about some of the fears women face traveling alone and how to overcome them. Welcome to what she said. Welcome back, Candace. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Catherine's the new belle of the ball today. <laughs> I, I used to travel alone all the time mm-hmm. until I got married. Um, and then now we try to travel with and without the the kids so alone as couples but alone as a woman I enjoyed it is there are people fearful of traveling alone uh, surprisingly, yes. Maybe not surprisingly. I think for a lot of women who have maybe never traveled overseas or really anywhere by themselves, they you know are missing that security of having someone with them, someone mm-hmm. to guide them, someone to hold their hands. I think you know maybe we've gotten to this place in in our lives where we're suddenly finding ourselves. Alone. Melissa, well, Catherine, and I have like sort of found ourselves in the, you know. <laughs> so this, you know, this is quotation mark alone. Yeah, alone. Welcome, welcome to the alone we'll spot. We'll put it in quotes for alone. And uh, yes, and so we are, we are, we're navigating this space now as solo travelers. And I think, you know, because, you know, you're married for so long and then all of a sudden you're like, oh. Now what do I do? It's, yeah. it's sort of re reconditioning yourself to how you do these things. So mm-hmm. yes, you may have done it when you're younger, but maybe you've lost some of the confidence now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as you're heading into a new stage of your life. Well, one thing you were mentioning too is that it's hard to round up friends to get on the same schedule. That's uh, who right. want to go to the same place. Yes, Ex- absolutely. So sometimes it's like you just have to say, okay, I want to go away, and I'm not going to wait for anybody. And so you go. So Catherine actually had an opportunity to go to um, Club Med in France. Mm-hmm. Recently, and well, it was that just... must have been really oh. rough. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even begin. Club to Med in France. So yes. tell us about that. Well, it's their new property that they opened up in the Alps, and it's Le Arc Panorama. 
And so this is their first summer season that they were actually testing out and they were gearing it towards adventurous, you know, sort of people who have a background in, in some adventure. And then it was the idea of we were all there as solo travelers. So even though I was alone, we're going to quotation alone again, um, I had the opportunity to join guided hikes and go on rafting and they have a mountain bike school. So you can partake in all of these activities as a solo traveler but you're meeting new people and you're joining into the groups. And so you're not technically just left hanging by yourself. You know, yeah. you, I mean, you could technically have like hiked off the back of the property. And I did one morning just to see the views and, and see the town. But I wanted to see, you know, uh, Mont Blanc and I wanted to uh, go to Vanois National Park. And I really wanted to see the area. And so I joined in a guided hikes and I went with a group and. It was fabulous. So what are some of the things that if you do decide to take a, a solo trip, a woman should uh, watch out for in particular when traveling solo? Well, there's always safety, mm -hmm. number one. That, right. I think that's first, first and Biggest foremost. Biggest concern. Yeah, I would say and that's, that's a huge concern for women. So I think you have to, you know, you have to have your head on straight. You have to become an instant judge of character because you could be sitting alone in a, in a cafe or, you know, dining by yourself. And, of course, a, a gentleman is going to talk you up. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, you know, you have to have your wits about you to realize that, you know, it's not always a good idea to uh, give too much information about yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe about where you're, you know, don't talk about where you're staying, perhaps. You know, if they want to know what area of town you're in, you can tell them what area of town you're in, but don't tell them your property. Don't tell them too much personal information. You know, don't even really say what city you're from. You know, you just keep, keep yourself protected that way. Mm -hmm. And when you book, to book through, you know, a company like Club Med... Mm -hmm. um, where you know that, you know, the the, the resort is safe. Uh, you're yeah. going to be meeting people of, of like mind. You know, like Catherine was saying, you're going out on these guided trips. It's not mm -hmm. like it's a dating. You're just no. meeting people with common interests and you're mm -hmm. making new friends. And so yeah. it becomes a very empowering experience for women as well to get out and do these things. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's an opportunity, too, to really um, reacquaint yourself uh, with yourself. You know, we become so wrapped up in being moms and wives and, and these things. So when you start now, you're, you're sort of in this new chapter of your life where you're single and you're traveling. You're finding things that you enjoy to do that maybe you didn't know you liked. So yeah. for me, it's beach, book, delivered drinks. I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And spa. Oh, and spa. And spa. <laughs> well, it's a club med, uh, so yeah. exactly. <laughs> there was a spa there. Oh. <laughs> I did go get a massage. Oh, yeah, I bet. So besides safety, what mm -hmm. is it? Is it that women don't have the confidence? Maybe because they've always been with somebody, now they're alone? Or is it that they're worried that they're not going to yeah. be able to have any conversation with anybody because they won't meet? Yep. I think there's always a fear of, of loneliness. Uh, and that's where, you know, when you're booking with somebody like Clamed, that, that you, you know you're, gonna, you're going to meet people. Yeah. So you're, you, that fear of, uh, you know, being alone for a week is, is sort of removed. So where yeah. can people go to learn more about that trip and maybe connect with you? Too? Well, to learn more about Club Med, you can go to clubmed.com. Mm -hmm. And on my website is katherineanywhere.com. I have uh, like a whole review that I did of the hotel. And then I did another post about my adventure self-care excursion, and <laughs> which is what I call it. It was adventure self-care to me. And, That's of wonderful. course, Candace yeah. can always be found at lifeinpleasantville.com. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you've, you've, you've done some excellent road trips. I, I, you reversed a camper all by yourself. That's, that's really uh, yes, good. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, I jumped out of a plane recently. Yeah, I share that, that another too. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's on your 50, 50 bucket list. Thing. Yes, yes. I know. It's a great list. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming in. Right. Thank you. Thanks. She said.
Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our film critic, Ann Brody. And start your engines because <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari opens this oh, weekend. Oh, man, is it great. <laughs> Two and a half hours goes by like that. Really? Yes. And so we have a designer and a race car driver, Matt Damon and Christian Bale. And they've been hired by Ford, who wants to sex up their image by entering the racing world and winning at Le Mans, like right out of the box, and displacing Ferrari, who's won for the past four years. So they go ahead and they start to design all these cars. And there's plenty of uh, pressure on them to to make it a, a promotional event. But they're pure, see? They're, they're pure. <laughs> and they they just want the, the beauty and the art of it. Honestly, it is so thrilling. I just can't tell you. I wore earplugs, though, and I think that's a very good idea because there's a lot of revving. And I didn't realize how many accidents there were back in the 60s. This is set in 66. Oh, yes. People die. They don't mm-hmm. do that so much anymore. But, um, yeah, so there were a number of accidents. So they won Daytona. And then they went off to do uh, Le Mans, which is 24 hours solid of driving. Mm-hmm. Did you know that when they stop in the pit, they'll put in brand new brake pads or even a hole? I had no clue. I, uh, they'll do that like um, at the Indy because I was down in the pit once with uh, Newman Haas covering, covering, covering it there with Ken Dishman, the cameraman. Good Lord. And I was like, wow, like not only do they put whole new tires on, they do this, they're in the engines, there's oil changes, there's all kinds of stuff going on under Maybe there. Maybe I can sneak boom, in there boom, one boom, day. Boom, boom. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's a, this is That'll be the first 30-second oil change you ever saw. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's so realistic. They don't use effects. They actually, you really? see this car flying up and around this expensive car. Boom! And there's explosions. I mean, it's really exciting. But the human story is, is good, too. And you learn about... Um, more about the evils of corporations. John Ford II, no, Henry Ford II, was not a particularly upstanding person. But in the end, you know, things turn out okay. But you've got to see the entire journey. It's spectacular. I don't mind two and a half hours with Matt Damon Ooh, and yeah. Christian Bale. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, what about... Um, and he's a limey too, Christian Bale. He is the good liar. Well, this is Helen Mirren and um, well, I've forgotten. Uh, Ian, McKellen? Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen, the great Shakespearean actor. He, uh, he he's a swindler, so he he insinuates himself into Helen Mirren's life, and <laughs> to take what she has, and the tables are turned. But I'll tell you more about that later. Okay. In the blog. Okay. What about a reindeer's journey? Fantastic film. They say it's for all What's ages and on, for Kate? kids. Everything's fantastic. Uh, well, today. it's award know, it's season. Unusual. It's, yeah. it's award <laughs> season. Uh, <laughs> so three fantastics in a row. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, the um, this uh, pan-European group of filmmakers went to Sweden and Norway to follow the life of one reindeer. So they they get him for the moment he's. Barry, uh, born, born. born. <laughs> and they've got their camera people in blinds. Do you know what those mm-hmm. are? Yeah. yeah, all over the place. So they and they manage to follow the mother and son for a full year, and you see all the predators that they have to face: wolverines, hawks that will carry one away. It's your heart's in your throat, and a couple times you have to look between your fingers because you. It just 
you know he's going to die. He has to. He has to learn. Okay, the saying is a, re- a reindeer who's newly born has five minutes to learn to stand, five minutes to learn to run, five minutes to learn to swim, to get out of harm's way because they're surrounded by danger. Anyway, beautiful film, rewarding. I don't think it's for kids myself, but there you go. Maybe a mature child. Might not be for me because you know me. I'll want to go and get a baby reindeer. And yeah. Get- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know what I'm doing Sunday night. Uh-oh. I am uh, binging <gasps> The Crown the Season 3. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you seen some? Olivia Coleman. I just can't wait. The first episode. She Oh, God, she's so amazing. There's nothing that woman can't do. Mm-hmm. And she plays the queen. Um and, of course, the Queen's facing its Silver Jubilee days in 1977. She's facing oh, society. getting up to the good period. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Maggie's in there yep. we're dating Mick Jagger. Yeah. And uh, so they're dealing with the changing world, the labor movement, Maggie Thatcher. Um, it's, it's a fulsome experience, may I say. And to my mind, it's as addictive as Downton Abbey. So would you agree? Um, yeah, although I got John into Downton Abbey, but what? so far he doesn't like the crown. He's like, meh. I don't know, he doesn't like the royals, so there you go. Oh, well, there, there, <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Your um, husband is so quirky. <laughs> yes, but I love him. He's a um, good guy. What about Earthquake Bird? That's on ne- Netflix. Yeah, that's pretty darned interesting. It's a noir set in Japan, in Tokyo, in 1989, starring Alicia Vikander as a Swedish woman who's uh, now living there. Uh-huh. Um, she meets a photographer on the street who's pretty aggressive, and she immediately goes home with him. And they begin an affair. Um, and then a new girl comes on the scene, Riley Kehoe, who you might remember is Elvis Presley's granddaughter and the actor. So she becomes a bit of a threat to Vikander's character. And it's a psychological journey that they take. They go exploring and they go to festivals and they go underground to gold mines. And it's it's always on edge. You never feel quite settled with this. And then the bodies start showing up. So I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. It's mm. really unusual. It's bitter. <laughs> bitter. Bitter. <laughs> um, okay. And I, and I believe... Your favorite entertainment news this week. Who? Who? What? Where? Who? <laughs> Who's on third? <laughs> Abbott and Costello. The complete Universal Pictures collection. Oh, my God. 28 films. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. That's what I'll be doing Sunday night. Oh, my word. What a joy. What a joy. These kids around today, that you, you don't know. Our tech guy won't know who that, but Costello. See, he doesn't know. Not a clue. I know. It's sad. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Alex knows. There you Alex go. Knows. Well, yeah, Alex knows. Well, Alex is very sophisticated. Uh-oh. He's around us old girls. That's what it is. Okay. We have to leave it there for reviews. Thank you, Anne, as always. But we are not done with you yet because you sat down with Pete Delvecchio, Delvecchio, the producer of Disney's Frozen 2. That hits theaters on November 22nd. And this time around, we find out why Elsa was born with magical powers. Let's take a listen. You traveled with your team to Finland, um, Iceland, and Norway. And apparently that trip helped you not just with the look of of the film, but with the character development. 
Tell me about that. Did. Research trips are very unique for us. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to travel with the filmmakers, really immerse ourselves in the world. So certainly Norway and Finland um, and the fall colors, we were there in the fall, deeply inspired the, the look and feel of the film. Uh, but I think it was Iceland that where we realized the stark contrast between Iceland and, and Norway and Finland was apparent. Um, uh, and we realized that we have two characters. Anna very much feels at home in the, in the Norway uh, environment. It feels very um, fairy tale-like. Uh, whereas Elsa seemed to fit better in Iceland, it's a little more mythic. Uh, and we really realized that that distinction uh, between the two is important. We actually had it in the first film, although we didn't recognize didn't it. Know it. <laughs> um, Elsa was definitely the mythic character um, that you're always slightly concerned with because she carries the weight of the world on her right. shoulders. Right. And uh, you're worried that she might meet a tragic fate. Of course, Anna's always there to bring the fairy tale ending, so oh. it works out well. And it, they inspired the countries, inspired the color palettes too, yes. right? Oh, absolutely! Unbelievable. The, we walked the forests of uh, Norway and Finland, and, and we were struck by how much color there was actually on the ground, um, from the mosses and so forth. Mm. And that we found ourselves looking down at the ground as opposed to up into the fall trees. <laughs> um, and so that also uh, definitely influenced the environment, uh, which you'll recognize when you see the film. That's a, such a great story. Thank you. Now these are two. Her heroic women and the timing couldn't be better because you know women are having a uh, I don't want to say a moment but a reckoning mm -hmm. changing of, of society and, and the way we look at uh, one another and tell me how this fits into that if you could well there's no question um, we love both these characters they're strong empowered women they're maturing themselves they they are fully capable um, uh, leaders um, but they also have that uh, that sisterly bond, that love of family too, that crowns them. Uh, I think they're it's a, they're great examples. The songs, I'm thinking of one in particular. Oh my, just I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Now. From today. From today. Yes. Wow. You've got another big hit on your head. It's going to be everywhere. That's great. I hope I hope that's true. We certainly, um, uh, Bobby and. Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson right. Lopez uh, really wrote seven songs for the film, uh, each one of them very different. I think it's some of their best work ever. Uh, so it's exciting to start to share these songs with the world. Now, um, the storyline is, is uh, that the, the girls have to save the kingdom and they have to enter a new universe. Um, and in that journey, you tie up some loose ends, right? You give us some answers. Well, there, there, there were questions that, that were raised from the first film. We try to answer some of them. Um, I think part of it is we actually do have a flashback with their parents, and you see um, uh, the parents giving them information that will help them later in life. <laughs> um, uh, and certainly they take advantage of that information on this journey. Elsa hears a voice calling her. She's trying to find her purpose. You know, who is that voice calling her? Is there somebody out there like her? Um, you know, who is that voice calling her? And, and that sets them on sort of a... Uh, uh, a mystery uh, kind of adventure that um, uh, we think the audience will have fun with. And it's so incredibly emotional. I was kind of blown away by, by it. Just, just yeah. really gets I mean, you in the heart. The first film was also that way. I mean, yeah. it has humor, it has heart. And this film is, I mean, I always love it when you can take an audience through an emotional journey, whether it's laughter or whether it's crying, you know, it's that roller coaster you take the audience on that I think really makes them feel like they've been on an adventure with you. And it's you know, true to life too. 
And lately we've been thinking a lot about water in the world. Yes. And it figures large in the film. And I love to see that because it reminds us the importance of it. It's true. So thank you. All the that. water we've uh, has ever been in the world is so all the water we'll ever have. We don't make more of it. It's, it's in. It's been around for a long time. Let's keep it that way. That is it for What She Said this weekend. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. And have a great weekend, everyone. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast. But we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.